Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. Today, I'm talking to my buddy, LT. Uh, I met LT from the Something Awful forums, and uh, we got to know each other on IRC and Twitter over the last couple of years. He's got kind of a cool perspective on the Souls games and on video games in general. Um, he's a really nice guy to talk to. I really enjoyed kind of being able to meet him for the first time, even though it was, you know, over the internet. And, um, or just, I guess just being able to talk to him for the first time. I hope you enjoy the episode, and remember, if you guys want to share your own stories and come on to Don't Give Up Skeleton, send me an email to dguspodcast at gmail.com, or send me a tweet or DM at dguspodcast on Twitter. Enjoy the episode. guide with uh, the awful little flask no no <laughs> i couldn't make i couldn't do it man i just it looks so bad and shitty like i it just looks so dumb and then seeing pictures of it online when people started unboxing <laughs> it like it's just the shittiest little it's the biggest like, how does bam how does bamco just not make dark souls amiibos like can you imagine how well would they would better. sell like 15 bucks a pop right oh, this does not make any sense do you have a particular favorite NPC quest out of either Demons or Dark One or Dark Two? Um, I'm trying to think because you know there's the the obvious answer uh, where everyone like uh, the Pate and uh, Crate and stuff in Dark Souls Two, which was real neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I don't remember many interesting side quests and two like there was a uh, what's his name Ben Hart and Lucatiel yeah and they're both the same thing with different flavor text and nothing really interesting going on and I'm trying to think yeah I was pretty I was pretty bummed about DS2's PCs <laughs> like this never they never seemed to like I think Lucatiel you could you could argue was a pretty good story but like the rest of them just seemed like kind of boring I guess I don't even know what Ben Hart possibly culminates into. And never <laughs> I, did, I mean, I never did all of them, I, primarily because he's kind of hard to, you know, track down. But uh, and then he shows up in those weird memories. Like, <laughs> what is? I don't even like. How are you even there? Like, even in fantasy world, that where nothing, nothing makes sense. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm trying to think of side quests from Dark Souls One. I have kind of a hard time. Like, I know there's a cleric stuff. Which is fine, I suppose. Uh, Lotrek is interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's not that deep. I mean, maybe Solaire, just because it's kind of extremely obtuse, but satisfying. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. I like. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want the, the ring phone to come up too much. <laughs> That's uh, all right. Um, yeah, I like I like uh, the sorcerer. NPCs, uh, Logan, big big hat Logan, and then his his little person that's trying to chase him down. Just because it's it involves two NPCs, and then 
obviously Logan ends up at a in a crazy place, and like like that's kind of an awesome ending for that dude. Um, I mean, it's awesome and it's funny and it's also weird, which is <laughs> like the three things that I like about Dark Souls. I think this is what always drags me to it. I always go back to Logan on that stuff. Like all the funny and weird part is mostly that you know he ends up naked for some reason. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is he? Why doesn't he have any pants? <laughs> Clothes impair magic ability. Exactly. I mean, it's um, probably something dumb like that. You know, going crazy and imagining things. But yeah, I don't um, think that sounds dumb though. Like, I think that's uh, that that makes a whole lot of sense to me with like where he was going and what he was trying to do. Like him, it, it all breaking down. It all breaking him basically. Like. You know, Seath was in a crazy, insane dragon, so I can only imagine what he was scribbling down in those books that Logan tried to read to make, you know... Yeah, like, the smartest crazy. The smartest fucking dragon in the world went mad, like, studying that stuff. And he's just, you know, he's, he's, he's a smart man. He's, like, the smartest wizard in the world, whatever. Always trying to find more things, but, you know, for some reason he thought he could outsmart the smartest thing, you know, in the world and not go mad. <laughs> That didn't seem to work out too well. No. But then, no. then again, nothing seems to work out too well in these games. No, no. I had a NPC quest line end for in, in three that I think you and I have talked about it in DM, but I'm, I'm not, I don't want to just throw it out there for spoilers. But it did not end well for this person. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, was, it was just very, very bad. Well, I mean, I'm oh, still man. finding out more about it. Uh, I didn't progress that much last time I played, but uh, I found that secret, you know, area you uh, mm. briefly mentioned. Mm. Uh, you know, there was just just a little piece there uh, relating to that. Yeah, <laughs> and even yeah. then, and that's not very good. <laughs> there's, yeah, none of it's so far. Nothing happy has ended. No, nothing, no, no, no happy endings in Dark Souls Three that I've seen. So, yeah. I remember back in but the. That's, that's, Oh, sorry. Please go ahead. I remember back uh, when you know, Dark Souls 1 was the only one out there. Well, I mean the latest one. But uh, everyone was, like, you know, interested, but also kind of bummed out talking about the side quest because every single one of them seemed to most probably end up in uh, really bad things. Like most people, if you ended their uh, quest lines, they just... I don't have to reveal they're uh, a huge dick or they go mad, or they die, or a combination of all three. Yeah, the best thing that you could do for any of the NPCs in Dark Souls 1 is just not speak to them ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's about the only way anybody's going to be happy. Yeah, you rescue them, and then you just keep them at a safe distance. And not to mention, you know, stuff like demons where you let go, you rescue one person, and then he just starts murdering all of the other people in your little home base. Like, that's not cool. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm still holding out, trying to see if that's going to happen in Dark Souls 3. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I haven't heard, I've heard anything about I've that. I've heard but rumors. Yeah, I've heard rumors, but I haven't seen it happen in my world at all. Um, at the same time, I'd be I've surprised more- if it didn't. There's got to be a case of this somewhere. Yeah, there's been a couple of people that showed up that I've been like, yeah, you're probably going to murder people. But I've just been kind of, I've been doing that thing where I try not to read ahead. or I don't want to, I don't want to know. Like, I want to make all of the dumb mistakes. <laughs> like, to see, because yeah. I want my first playthrough to be that story, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's I think, why I'm I think that's... you know keeping the wikis and whatever off till I complete it. Just also for that. Yeah, it's just so hard to to <laughs> avoid that stuff now. Like people think like okay, six days have gone past since the game was released. It's time to talk openly about bosses now. Yeah, I've been seeing uh, you know kind of with uh your uh, alternative Twitter account, you know, auto tweeting uh, screenshots, but I didn't find it to be a problem. But I have other people that I follow uh, having you know just their uh, PS4s be connected to their YouTube accounts. And, you know, they're having fun with the game. They're recording boss fights and uploading them. <laughs> and so just, like, one day in my feed, some super endgame bosses just appear uh, as YouTube, like, video titles. And, you know, I know to avoid them, but, you know, the names are still it's there. So and I, oh. frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like, like, the, like the big twist, which I don't want to say on this podcast, even though it's going to come out like a month and a half from the day we're recording it, but the big twist in the middle of Dark Souls 3 where you get that you got spoiled on because you were watching PvP videos like yeah, that's cuz it's it's in like, the, uh, the the big PvP hotspot yeah like it's just what are you it's just so frustrating like I, I that's the reason I made those warnings for that Twitter account just I didn't think I was going to put up like boss pictures or anything but just in case like you know just anybody that doesn't want to see anything I want to make sure they have the opportunity to get themselves out of that um CJ from from the Twin Humanities podcast. Me and him were talking about this, and he made the point that any time that you're forced to see something on a feed that you participate in on a daily basis, like that's just kind of bullshit. Like people shouldn't just throw stuff in there. And I understand like you're having fun and everything, but again, it's a modicum of respect for people. It's not it's not particularly difficult. Yeah, I mean, uh, on one hand. Uh there's always the the people who think, oh, well, I'm here to have fun, and, you know, if you're so afraid of, like, being spoiled, just don't, you know, don't look here. But at the same time, if you really go that way, just end up disconnecting most of your, like, you know, social spheres until you're done, and that can be a long time, you know, if you're not, you know, marathoning the game all the time, you're going to end up keeping away from, you know, people you're used to talking to just because you're afraid they're going to talk about something you haven't seen yet instead of just people like maybe talking around things and if you want to know more well there's always private messaging exactly it's and it's it's really not that hard to you know have a private dm conversation between multiple people like if that's the way that you want to talk about it and freak out like i've been doing those things (laughs) with various people on various social platforms and it's you know it's it's not hard to do i just it's it's been really disappointing watching this whole launch, to be honest with you. Like I was pretty bummed out about Namco doing all the dumb marketing <laughs> stuff, and then I was and then watching everybody just like immediately just start talking about the game like it's been out like for as long as Dark Souls One has. Like it's just it's just been kind of a bummer. So. Yeah. But enough about Dark Souls Three. Um, what did you start with? Demons or Dark One? I started with Demons. I'm, really? uh, I'm one of was the it OGs. One of the, like imports. No, not that far back, but uh, I think it was close, if not at release, uh, in North America that I got it. Because I heard about it before it was localized, but I didn't, you know, bother importing it. I guess I thought maybe it wasn't, you know, interesting enough or like, I had faith it would come here, whichever. Well, did you pretty much hear about it from that, like, 
because I've heard several people say that it was the uh, the something awful thread that really got their that caught their attention. No, I don't think I was on SA back then. Back in uh, that's what early two thousand nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I if I remember correctly, I actually saw it on uh, game trailers back then. Uh, some you know trailers of this you know Japanese only hardcore RPG and like oh you know what's this gotta look into it and uh, I thought it was funny and like you know I don't really know what From Software does other than you know robot games that I don't really play so I thought ah, you know whatever but uh, what caught my attention actually is someone made uh, sort of a mashup I don't remember with what. But I really liked that trailer, and uh, I got thinking. I don't remember what I was thinking, actually. It just grabbed my attention. And then I just had hope that it would come over, and you know, sooner than later it did. So did you... You didn't have a history of From Software games. Like, you didn't have any idea what the Kingsfield games are, or Shadow Tower, or anything like that. No. Uh, my girlfriend, at the point, was a big Armored Core fan. But uh, I didn't really know shit about those games. <laughs> I, st- I still don't know shit about those games. Like, I'm tempted to try to look some of them up, but as much as I like giant mechs, like, when I look at the videos, I'm like, I'm not sure that this is the game They're not. Me. They're not that fun. Like, the older yeah, that's ones... What, that's kind of what I've seen, yeah. The older ones are kind of funny to play, in a way. But, you know, not groundbreaking, but by now they're, like, you know, inexpensive or whatever. You can find them easily. Uh, but uh, more modern ones, I hope, would be interesting. And I've played some that came out, you know, post-Dark Souls. <laughs> uh, hoping maybe it would be, like, a big change, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from the company's uh, perspective on things. But, I don't know, they're kind of lackluster. Kind of extremely lackluster. <laughs> like, there's potential yeah. for fun things, but I don't know. Like, the latest ones were uh, almost, you know, online only. And, you know, no one cared, so you get them and no one's playing anymore. So you're missing, like, 80% of the experience. <laughs> that's but, crazy. But, yeah. That says some, that's, that's so very from software, though, right? <laughs> Just to make something weird like that. Well, actually, like, if you compare it to, like, their uh, usual you know, awkwardness. There doesn't seem to be much, like, hidden secrets or, like, weird things that people need to figure out for themselves in those games. It's very, like... It's a sharp contrast to to, uh, Souls games, actually. It's very uh, flat on paper, and, you know, what you see is exactly what it is. They're kind of blend, actually. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. Well, you're you're convincing me that I did the right thing with not actively seeking them out. Like I keep trying to convince myself I need to. Well, that, yeah, it's because I tried doing the same thing. <laughs> did it did thing. really pan out? Like once you play the first, once you get once the Souls gets your hooks in you, you're like, well, surely all of their games are like this, and I've just been missing <laughs> it, right? You know, I mean, we haven't tried. Uh, what is it? Uh, they have some weird like. It's either early PS3 or like late PS2, like classic JRPG game that apparently no one likes. <laughs> really? That's <laughs> bizarre. 
They're like maybe maybe that's I, good. We haven't tried. <laughs> yeah, no, it would be worth something we want to take a look at. Um, I was impressed with the like let's plays I saw of Shadow Tower Abyss, um, but when I tried to play it on the or when I tried to play Shadow Tower on the PS3, like it's it's just from a controls perspective, it was just impossible. Like I. You'd have to you'd have to be emulating it and be able to change the controls to something more modern because it was just like what they wanted you to do, like look up and down with the triggers is just like and hit stuff on the ground. Like what oh, are you doing? Going back to speaking of Arden Record, that's also a problem because oh really all, all the pre uh, uh say for one all the pre PS3 Arden Record games except maybe for their uh, portable re releases. They all have this incredibly awful control scheme, but it's mostly uh, with the triggers and the right stick. You know, doesn't exist, which is kind of strange because I thought every uh, PS2 controller had the dual analogs. Like I can understand for like the early armor cores on PS1 because yeah, because they they were no sticks at that point. Yeah. But I don't know why they never taught to use that second stick on PS2. That's kind of strange. That is kind of strange. You know, a lot of people... Um, I know I struggled with the Demon Souls controls when I first picked that game up. Um, and my, my first run at Demon Souls lasted, I think, like 45 minutes. I've told that story several times on here. But yeah, before I just completely gave up and like sent it back to the company I had rented it from. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you know, you're just used to playing, um, like, action anything games, else. I guess. Yeah, yeah, anything. I mean, like, just stuff where you push a button and you can just keep pressing the button for combos or, or whatever. Like, I just could not wrap my hand around, head around this, like, slower-paced combat. Did you did you have troubles with that when you first started, or did you kind of grasp it naturally? Well, I don't remember exactly. I know I had trouble with a lot of things, but, like, I'm not sure it was entirely the controls. Like, I had the... Uh, obvious problem that people constantly have when they haven't been playing for a long time or you know going back or like uh even recently uh going back and forth between salt and sanctuary and like souls game you're just not used to using the triggers all that much Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's pretty like central to dark souls uh, or you know any souls game so you kind of have trouble with that and most people myself included just you know, you keep using items accidentally because you're so used to like square being the usual main attack button. The the worst part is uh, playing a lot of Salt and Sanctuary. Like I streamed that game for about four hours the night before Salt and Sanctuary, or the night before Demon Soul, Dark Souls Three came out. Mm-hmm. So my first couple of hours with Dark Souls Three, I was backwards from where I was supposed to be. <laughs> like it was just the dumbest thing ever. Sitting R one to try to like you know hit to use an item. Oh, it was just the worst. Um, that's funny. At the same time, you know, for a uh, you know Blade and Souls like, uh, I I find it kind of funny they didn't like at least give you the option to try and use a Dark Souls like control scheme for that game. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I wonder if they specifically did that on purpose like to try to have a little bit of their own identity since everything else seemed like very very dark souls yeah <laughs> but yeah no i don't remember if uh i had that big of a hard time with demon souls when it came out i remember i liked it a bunch uh i got my friends into it 
uh, I watched some one of my friends do like you know the the entire first level and you know get to the uh, armor spider and you know struggle for a long long time and eventually give up and then I went back home and you know I went back to playing and I was like oh this this isn't so hard <laughs> and you know that's when it started <laughs> it sort of clicked uh, what you know Souls games are, are about because uh, I thought I had my friend. It was like, of course, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> You'd seen it for like two hours straight before. Like, you knew what the bus was gonna do. And uh, you know, that's when it started to click. It's it's mostly observation and you know remembering patterns. Uh, and I think at that point, sort of, it wasn't natural, but you know, I, I found my pace around it mm-hmm. until yeah, I got. Eventually, you just. You die so much that you you were like, okay, I am obviously doing something very wrong. Yeah, I have to change whatever it is I'm doing. That's so wrong. <laughs> but I mean, once you you need to take into account that if you're doing something, you die, and you do it again, and you die again, that you have, you know, as sort of an obligation, you have to try something different, or you know, figure out why what you're doing gets you dead. Then you know, you've pretty much got it down. You, you know something if you're dying all the time something's wrong basically and you can you know you know you can remedy that compared to uh what was now known back then and still somewhat today as the you know hardcore games where it's just the execution is supposed to be impossible so <laughs> most people can't do it whereas here is just you know there's there's a way to do it but maybe you haven't found it yet or maybe you could adjust your ways and it work better yeah, or, or more importantly, I think, is that there are several ways to do it, and whichever yeah. way works for you is going to be, like, the best way that you should do it. Like, that's... There's some real interesting... And the games, especially over time, have done some real interesting thing with, like, player difficulty mm-hmm. and how easy... how much, What options they give you to make things difficult. Like, especially... You know, Demon Souls, I think, changed how multiplayer games were with the summoning system and the invasion system. Mm-hmm. Even though I think it was Dark Souls that really popularized all that, um, it, I don't think it. From my perspective, having played Dark Souls one, but first, that was the game that really like set off this huge trend of like everyone's gonna. Every game is like Dark Souls after that, right? Like no one yeah. ever says it was like Demon Souls. Um, there is no Twitter account for X meets Demon Souls, basically. Yeah, but but really like, uh, you know, they did a good job uh, localizing Demon Souls getting it here but even then uh, there weren't that many copies at first at least before it became like best hits or whatever so even if they localized it it was still like this really like cult hit and nobody wanted to touch it because you know like I said back then what people agreed were hardcore games were games that you know most people shouldn't even bother playing because it was going to be outright impossible to even get execution down so everyone stayed really far away from that and I'm not quite sure what it was uh, about Namco's you know marketing that changed public opinion for Dark Souls 1 because I I remember it was marketed the same way and you know people should have you know steered clear of it but that wasn't the case for some reason do you think it was um, just the multi-platform thing? Like, all of a sudden you had a twice the audience, or probably even bigger than twice, because the Xbox 360 was such a 
has such a larger install base for so long than the PS3 did. Maybe. I haven't, you know, touched much of it on the uh, Xboxes because I had some, but I didn't keep them long enough to get, you know, a third copy of Dark Souls and <laughs> try seeing what the online was like. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was that was my only experience. Oh, well, not my only, but that was most of my experience with um, Dark Souls 1. It was planted on the 360 because for whatever reason, I just preferred the controller, so that's kind of where I went. And the online experience was just horrible because you know <laughs> I guess whether it was because people had like mics built into the system or it was just easier to type messages to people but like all of the messages people would send to you it were just I could not believe it like I'd never played an online game before very much like you with, with interest and, I'm sorry you know never played online with like you know real interest like this no not not no, not like sit there and just just do that over and over again i thought that was crazy when i would hear people do that like oh i just i played online with in call of duty for 12 hours today and then i find myself doing the same thing for dark souls so yeah <clears throat> you know speaking of when dark souls came out you said it was hyped the same way was it having not been well, there I mean, for that launch and only been there for was it was it big like do you do you feel like it was like a huge thing obviously it's gotten bigger over time but like do you feel like it was like even was it smaller back then, or do you think there was just as just as much hype? Or you mean compared to say Dark Souls 3's release? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was definitely smaller, um, but I mean, it was bigger, you know, because I was comparing it with uh, Demon Souls that had basically no fanfare other than oh, this you know cult Japanese game is you know coming overseas, but uh. I was just struggling to think what made it seem more appealing to people other than, you know, being multi-platform. Because mm -hmm. as far as I can remember, it was mostly like... Well, you remember with the uh, the release of uh, Dark Souls on Steam, <laughs> it was branded, you know, the Prepare to Die edition. It kept that whole, this game is going to, you know, it's going to drive you crazy, it's going to kill you, it's going to, you know, it kept that all the time which I thought would drive people away but for some reason it just kept uh, getting new followers yes because gamers are idiots <laughs> like myself included but gamers are idiots like 90% of them are just fucking horrible people well I mean that, that's <laughs> that's not wrong but uh, you know because initially uh, you know I was the only person I knew uh, who even thought about looking into souls and like I said, with Demon Souls, I got my friends into it, who eventually, at that point, you know, surpassed me in, you know, being interested in the game. Because once I got to uh, the final boss, well, not the real one, but, you know, the actual hard one, I kind of mm -hmm. quit playing the game for a few months, because I got really angry. <laughs> <laughs> and by that time, most of my friends, you know, like they played it, they'd beaten it, and oh, and they were, you know, bigger fans than me. But, mm -hmm. you know... I never heard anybody uh, outside of that talk about it. You know, some online people, sure, but like nothing, you know, tangible. Uh, being in college, you know, people talk about a lot of things all the time, but I never heard anyone talk about it compared to now where, you know, <laughs> it's still like a long shot and, you know, it's, it, it's lucky, but 
I can just be in the subway and there's you know there's gonna be a pack of dudes talking about Dark Souls Three because it just came out and they're gonna like be arguing about I don't know something related to the lore or something, which seems yeah it seems absolutely <laughs> crazy if you thought about it like three years ago, but like you know now it's mainstream. <laughs> in that sense, uh, I suppose they've done a good job marketing it. They they really have. Um, it. I, and the worst part about it is they've done a really good job marketing it in the worst way possible. <laughs> like it just seems like <laughs> the people that actually kind of dig the game don't like it for the reasons that they, yeah. Uh, anyway, we, we won't have to get into all of that. But yeah, like it's it's definitely a phenomenon now, which is yeah. which is kind of interesting because I felt like when I first started playing Dark Souls, even though it was a triple A game, it was like a sixty dollar title. Like I felt like. It was just so weird and mysterious. I felt like it couldn't possibly be popular. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it felt like something. Well, it was like finding like a weird indie album when you were 17 and thinking, <laughs> "I'm the only person that knows about these." <laughs> and then and I'm looking around. I was like, "Oh, everybody likes Radiohead." Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's definitely what happened. You know, going from Demon Souls into Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two and Dark Souls Three. <laughs> the time, you know, it's really this one mysterious gem you found somewhere. And no one's gonna like it, so it's just yours. Solely, everyone has it. Uh, yeah, it's become some of some uh, sort of a phenomenon. And I remember uh, when I was hyped for Dark Souls Two, uh, being in university, I was uh, you know looking at footage and stuff, you know, in my off time, and I definitely attracted some really strange people <laughs> who came to ask me if I was a fan. And, you know, when that happens, you sort of, like, hesitate to say yes. And, mm -hmm. you know, you possibly shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, sometimes you don't want to wear that badge around that says, I'm a gamer. Like, you just kind of want to just be a normal person. <laughs> yeah, I had this guy who'd, like, come up to me and, you know, tell me, oh, yeah, I like that game. It's super impossible. Like, it mad at it. Like, I break controllers at it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. But then, you know, the next second, he's boasting about all the things he's done. And all of, all that because, you know, I made the mistake of watching a Dark Souls 2 video pre-release on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what being That's in funny. a public environment all the time does. <laughs> it just, yeah, I can only imagine. I had a, um, I had a customer who identified himself as the... Um, best smash player oh my god in the city that we were in and um and you know he seemed like a nice guy i'm not like i don't play smash i don't really keep up with smash but i was like oh really he's like yeah you know we do tournaments and we get people in i'm i'm probably the best in, in whatever area that we were in and i said oh you know i said that's cool i said about the only thing i really play is dark souls um and it was i think it was the monday before the game before, before three came out so i was like yeah i'm really excited about it he's like oh, yeah that's you know i played that game once and then, and then somebody came in and invaded my world, and I couldn't, I couldn't hit him, and the lag was so bad, and it wasn't like Smash, so I didn't want to play it anymore. And I'm like, well, dude, you can't go into every game expecting it to be like Smash Brothers. And also, strangely enough, Smash actually, have, like, that's a thing for us. Uh, is Smash it really? <laughs> they, I don't. Smash people is, a, is are two words I probably never put together in my head before. <laughs> I'm sure there's online communities like dev devoted to it, but it's just a, a weird, weird concept for me to think about. There are a lot of them in the uh, college areas, 
so I yeah. I know a bunch of them, and it's really weird because it's really that like there are people who don't you know they don't play games, they don't really do much, they don't care you know about video games, they don't get video games, they don't play them, but they play like Smash for about you know thirty hours every weekend. <laughs> That's nuts. It's kind of strange. And what I was it about? I definitely sorry. I definitely heard you know people say before. Oh, I tried playing this, but you know it wasn't Smash, so <laughs> so yeah, I don't want to play it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I, you know I say that, and I say that like it sounds weird, but I have definitely done the thing where I've you know got a new game and put it in and like played it for thirty minutes and go and went. You know, I could just be playing Dark Souls. Yeah, we're not... <laughs> like this game just. Did... <laughs> I'm no better than anybody else. I don't know why I'm laughing at these Smash people when I'm exactly the same way about a different game. Yeah, we're not too disconnected from these people because you know that's definitely happened a bunch, and I've seen a lot of people online, especially when you know there's a new a new Dark Souls coming out. Just oh, I'll try filling the void, you know, while I wait with this completely different game, you know, get a different taste in, but <laughs> there's no energy in it because you're like, well. You know, this this isn't what I want. It's not. Maybe it's good. I don't know. You, you can't enjoy it for some reason. That was what was so neat about Salt and Sanctuary coming out when it did. Like, I think it... I don't know what their sales were. I hope they were successful because there's only two people. And I, hope, I, th- I and think I like they might have been, you know, interestingly good. Because I've seen a lot mm-hmm. of people get into it. Yeah, I mean, I, the game is great. Like, I don't, I have problems with it, but it's it's a great game. But it came out at just the right time, too. And it was just small enough that you could run through it once and get that kind of Souls feel and then get you get yourself right into Dark Souls 3. Like, it was really well-timed on their part. Yeah, it definitely seems like a good, uh, you know, uh, just temporary fill just before a new Souls better, release. Better than Lords of the Fallen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Which was... Yeah, I thought that um, might be like, you know, acceptable. And I tried playing it before uh, Dark Souls Three, you know, in, in that same vein of trying to fill the void, just try something. And I didn't have like glaring issues with it, but it just seems, you know, <laughs> not to make a pun, but it seems very soulless. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it, that's exactly how I felt. Like I, I kept seeing things that they were obviously pulling from dark souls and then not but not actually having anything behind it yeah and it just and it just kind of felt hollow not to make it even more <laughs> dark souls, but. i thought about saying that but. <laughs> <laughs> um are you more of a mechanics guy or a lore guy when it comes to these games like do you do you appreciate multiple playthroughs because you're doing different builds or is it like a are you 50 50 or is there one more than the other or uh, i thought i was mostly 50 50 but I, you know i mean i'd say that but that that would probably be a lie because if i was 50 50 it was like some mechanics and you know some lore uh eventually you know you get your fill of lore with like whatever videos you watch and whatever you know how many playthroughs you've done because eventually you've you know you've been through most of it or all of it like more than once, so if it was just for lore, uh, you wouldn't you know necessarily have that urge to go back. But uh, I've definitely played it much more than I should have if I was only in it for lore. <laughs> so I'm probably more into mechanics, which is sort of what uh, I kept defending about Dark Souls 2 for a long time. 
because you know the yeah, because mechanically Dark Souls Two is it it especially of the ones that had been released, including Bloodborne. When Scholar came out, like Dark Souls Two is probably the best mechanically playing game out there. Even though I I have some issues with some of those mechanics, but like yeah, as far as player control difficulty, as far as you know different things you can do with weapons, like the way that they bonfire aesthetics, the warping between like there, there's a lot of stuff that. There's a lot. There, there's a lot of content right. in it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's oh a large God. game, also. <laughs> it's fucking huge. Like, I think about starting over a Dark Souls two build every once in a while, and I'm like, okay, I would go from here to here to here to here to here. It just never ends. There's so much stuff to do. Yeah. But at the same time, going back to the uh, mechanics and lower ratio, uh, if you know, if you stake like the world and you know the environments in the lore, also. Uh, I might still be like a bit more uh, lower than I think is, you know, after that to like think, oh, I'm going to start, you know, a new Dark Souls 2 build or whatever. Uh, but after doing it a bunch of times and, you know, given the size of the game, uh, most of the time I end up burnt out, you know, before or when I get to the halfway point, which doesn't seem to happen that much with our Souls games. But I just, you know, I don't have any drive to go further. Which I didn't think was, you know, related to, you know, what people see as uh, Dark Souls 2's biggest flaws. But trying to play it before Dark Souls 3 came out, I, you know, I realized maybe, maybe it does matter, you know? <laughs> see, I would always get stalled out in, in Orlando in Dark Souls 1 when I was trying to, like, do a role-playing build, like a, you know, bows only or whatever, or yeah. some other crazy thing. Anything that was non-PVP, I would get to in Orlando and just go, okay, I'm pretty good here. <laughs> like, I'm... Well, at the I, same like, time, I don't really need to go any further. <laughs> it was sort of the same thing, actually, as Dark Souls 2, because, you know, after that point, especially when you know what's coming up, uh, maybe you lose some motivation, because, you know, it's not as interesting, because, you know, Dark Souls 1, late game wasn't as interesting as, you know, all of the, you know, early game on Orlando area. And I think maybe the same thing happens with Dark Souls 2, because you have the excitement of, you know, trying something new or getting to something wacky. And eventually, you know, when that excitement wears off, you just look ahead at what's coming and you just sort of lose motivation. Yeah, it starts to feel like a job or a chore. Yeah, where you're like, ugh, it's those enemies, and they do that one attack that you can't dodge, or you have to do this, or like sometimes I, I feel that way, and it really I can get over that if whatever build I'm doing is fun, um, like if it's if I just happen to choose like a really good one and I'm just having like a blast swinging a great sword around or something, mm-hmm. or um, and Dark Souls Two it was power stancing bases, like I for some reason that just really clicked with for me and it was really satisfying. I know it's kind of OP as hell, but yeah. that can be totally satisfying in its own way. So um, I I went through the whole game with that and never stopped because I was just having fun beating shit up. Like that was just fun. <laughs> at, at the same time, a thing uh, I don't like about that, you know, when you find the thing that clicks for you, is sometimes you know you want to try different things, you know, for the hell of it, you know, for fun, and sometimes. You can't bring yourself to it because, you know, like Yek was saying before with trying other games and, you know, just saying, well, I could be playing Dark Souls. Sometimes you try these builds, you know, for fun and, you know, they're challenge builds or whatever. And at some point, you know, you lose that motivation. You think, well, 
I could just be playing with a great sword like usual, and I'd probably have more fun than I'm having, you know, using I don't know the ladle or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have that issue with when it comes to min-maxing sometimes, where and this came up in Dark Souls Three when I was comparing two different um, catalysts, and one looked a hundred percent cooler. But the other one was, like, five points better. <laughs> and I had to have, like, this internal conversation with myself, which, like, it's so dumb. Like, it cannot amount to that much damage. Like, it's not going to actually mean anything. But that number is in the blue, which means I'm going to have to have it. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And I, I feel the same way. Like, when I was trying um, a fist run, uh, and I was just... Dark, this was Dark Souls 2 again. And I was oh, I'm going to do, like, a... a, a, a full run nothing but fist weapons and mm-hmm. just got nowhere because I kept thinking man like this was so much easier when I had just a little bit of range or when I had maces or when I had hexes mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> it kind of it kind of shot myself in the foot I guess is what I'm saying yeah at the same time I did something similar like trying to uh, come up with strange builds or like limited builds like okay only this sword or that one sword with Dark Souls 2, you know, with the uh, especially if you were playing uh, Scholar when it came out, or you know the PC version, you can't really like limit yourself to one thing, because even if you play cautiously, it's gonna break at some point. So you need to have backups. So when you're trying, you know, gimmick builds, you need your gimmick needs to be more than one thing. So you're like, okay, I'm I'm gonna try to come up with some balance build, and you know, try and come up with a build that has some range and some not range and whatever but i did that and eventually with the large amount of items dark souls 2 had (laughs) it didn't feel like i was trying to challenge it anymore because i'd plan ahead and end up with like you know still like 15 different weapons you know at the ready (laughs) yeah like well this isn't really limiting anymore Especially with all of the weird items that and consumables that Dark Souls Two had, like you're just you had so much flexibility that like a challenge run was, I don't know, it was, that this it's such a weird game, and I, I understand why it's so divisive, but it's, you know, it's it's just a really weird game. Like you can you can you can look back and go like I know exactly what they were doing, um, but oh man, I don't know. Yeah. I'm so divided on that game. I, I love so. There's so many parts that I love, and then, then at the same time, like it. Yeah, there there's there are gimmicks in it that I like, uh, which is also sort of a team in Dark Souls Three that I've seen because they play on your expectations of Dark Souls One, because they mm-hmm. they assume you've played it and you know they play off of that, and they also put some interesting little you know things in the world, but even. Toters that, and there's the the fact that it's mechanically better. But eventually, what criticism people have with it, like the world being mostly bland, and you know characters not being interesting, it eventually caught up to me, and that's when I thought, well, I like it, but I can't seem to get excited about it anymore. Especially after I I went back to Dark Souls One and you know got into Bloodborne, because by far those games are more interesting. You know, flat out. Oh man, Bloodborne up until uh, Bloodborne, even including Dark Souls Three, I haven't finished that game yet. But Bloodborne is just the world is. It really <laughs> works for me. Like that that horror theme, like that just. And I'm not even a huge Lovecraft guy. Like I don't I don't 
before Bloodborne came out, I've never really read a whole lot of Lovecraft. Like, you're aware of it just because you're a person that exists, so you pick stuff up by Osmosis. Yeah. But um, it it really works for me. Like, I love that stuff. And I really like like all of the, the faster combat. I love the weapon changes. I've actually been kind of... And I don't, I'm curious to get your opinion on this as well. When I pick up a new weapon in Dark Souls 3, I'm kind of disappointed at the moveset. Because coming out of Bloodborne, where every weapon had, like... It seemed like you could like had like fifteen different attacks that you could do with it, and especially with the combo changes and things like the the normal souls weapons feel kind of limiting to me now. Yeah, well, comparatively they are, but uh, I don't know. I think I prepared myself mentally for that because some people, you know, were talking about that, you know, saying, "Well, it's kind of hard going back, you know, from trick weapons to regular Dark Soul stuff," because you know. Like you say, trick weapons have a lot of things, even though they tried adding weapon hearts to spice things up. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, I haven't had a problem. But I think it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's it's sort of um, it, mental it preparation. Is, yeah. I knew I, knew I wasn't um, getting trick weapons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you went in not expecting trick weapons. I guess I didn't even... I knew it, but I didn't. I hadn't like actually thought about the implications of that. So, uh, and I'm not disappointed. Maybe that's probably way too strong of a word. It was just one of those things where you get like a a cool boss weapon, and then you hit L1 and then R1, and you're like, oh wait, I thought this would do more. <laughs> and it just doesn't. Um, well, I mean, they did take about, you? Did, about it a bit, you know, with uh, the way dual wield weapons work now, where uh, yeah, like fist weapon, if you two end, they just yeah. You know, they have a different moveset rather than just being two-handed and, uh, you know, like I said, weapon hearts. But it's, you know, of course it's not uh, the caliber of uh, trick weapons, which were basically, basically mm-hmm. like two weapons in one every single time. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really like the trick weapon system. Like, that's, that's probably, outside of, like, just the weird story and plot and aesthetic, like, the trick weapon system I think is just really amazing. Even mm-hmm. if I didn't end up liking all of the weapons, like I feel like the handful that I ended up really getting attached to and using it a whole lot were really, really good. Yeah, and are you, uh, are, did you get into like the Bloodborne kind of world and, and not necessarily lore, I guess, but I mean, there's some lore there. But like, did you get into that as a whole? Or yeah, definitely. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were yeah, all in. <laughs> uh, you know, I still find it like completely disgusting. You know, as intended, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I like it. And you know, sometimes uh, compared to say classic horror games with you know jump scares and whatever, uh, sort of like a Silent Hill vibe, where it's just the world is so fucked up around you. Uh, it's it's almost scarier that way if you want to look at it at a, from a horror standpoint. And I thought some of it was like actually really spooky <laughs> yeah oh absolutely like go, walking through some of the weird landscapes and hearing all the weird noises like that stuff was just and then not to mention like the the whole turn that the game makes like you really start out and I was like okay werewolves and I fully expected to see like vampires in the second <laughs> area like I was on and I was like wasn't super excited about it, but I was like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to see what their take on vampires will be. I'll bet it's going to be crazy as shit. And then when the world starts, like, 
slowly but surely taking that twist. I was, it I was, was kind of blown it was away. Definitely not that. <laughs> no, no, no. But the moment hit home when you uh, with the Rom fight, right? Like, I'm I'm glad actually that uh, it wasn't. You know, I don't know if you know. Probably someone you know suffered from it, but I don't think it was spoiled that much. Because I remember no. not having it spoiled at all and being completely flat on my ass. <laughs> Everything started going to shit and, you know, all these crazy alien things. Uh, you know, macaroni face bosses and whatever. It was completely insane. When, um, when you beat the shadows and you walk into the forest on the way to Bergenworth and you see those weird fly creatures and I'm like, okay, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Like, you know, I just left Resident Evil 4, and now I'm walking into something that's like a fucking Cronenberg movie. Like, I don't understand what's <laughs> going on. And then that moment where you kill Rom and, like, the moon comes down. And um, that that particular, <laughs> like, moment in that game is, I just remember, like, having my controller, like, dangling from my hand going, like, what is this game? <laughs> like, what, what is going on? Yeah, I remember after the, uh, after the blood moon, I sort of took, like, a little second off trying to think, trying to process what happened. Because <laughs> nothing of it makes sense at first, and arguably ever. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's quite a thing. <laughs> it's, it is quite a thing. That's a, that's a good way to say it. I, um... Are you, I think that's actually one of the messages. <laughs> you can leave. Yeah, I think, <laughs> quite, I think it probably quite is something quite a ahead. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um... Are you the type of person to try to piece together like the the bits of the story as you as you play through? Like, are you trying to create your own narrative? Not not necessarily your own narrative. Are you trying to figure out the narrative of things that are going on? Some um, of it, uh, mm-hmm. especially like right now with Dark Souls Three being mostly blind and not looking at wikis and you know big conversations, uh, I'm trying to understand things. I remember when Dark Souls Two came out, like people were sort of confused about it and. You know, uh, we actually were talking about it on the IRC channel uh, with, you know, other essay goons. And we were all, like, arguing, like, well, I saw this in the world, and that's the thing from Dark Souls 1. But, like, this, you know, sort of contradicts what the story is trying to say. But at the same time, maybe, you know, that's a real thing. And, you know, we start talking about it and trying to figure it out. And, you know, in my own, I, I keep reading the uh, descriptions, trying to understand <laughs> what it all means. So I, I, I end up, you know, making, you know, trying to figure out the narrative. But eventually, you know, I'll just go and, you know, watch the the big lore videos <laughs> and get a better yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. idea of it all. I just, I want to be that guy that pieces it all together. And every once in a while, like... I, I can make it happen but like more often than not I'm like okay I'm reading the item descriptions I'm doing all of the homework but I'm just not piecing this together at all like I don't see how it all comes together <laughs> like uh, I, I don't know if I can you know talk about this example like vague the Dark Souls 2 lore I don't know if it's fine it still counts as you know spoilers Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I mean, if it's something sensitive, I'll, I'll throw a message in about, you know, hey, spoilers ahead or something. Okay. Just don't worry about it. It was just a thing, like, when it was new, uh, everyone was wondering, you know, what's, what's the deal with Drang Lake, you know? Everyone was just thinking, is it, you know, where is it? Why is it important? 
you know, what is this place? And uh, eventually, you know, like I was talking about, you know, uh, talking about it with other people, I just found uh, for the first time the sunlight altar, you know, for the sun broke up. And, and, you know, it's just, it flashes at that exact moment. Oh, like, that's the exact same one that was in Dark Souls 1. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's something here <laughs> I'm trying to piece together. At that point, I thought, oh, well, you know, it's a cycle that repeats. Maybe it's this, you know, maybe Drang Lake is actually, like, the same thing as Lord Run. Maybe it's on top of each other. And at that point, it sort of clicked, and I was like, oh, well, I think I figured something out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun moment when you finally understand something by yourself. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and I think that's I think that's what pe keeps people coming to the games, but I think it's gotten so popular that it's like I remember watching um, I think it was an epic name bro vid, and him saying like there's a reason I don't remember what it was it was it was some piece of armor somewhere and it's like well the reason that this item is here and I was like <laughs> totally blown away because I'd never thought about like a game putting an item in a specific place for a story reason like that just completely changed my opinion about it and I wanted to go back through and just re re like replay the entire game and take a bunch of notes but then I was like or I could just keep watching this video yeah. <laughs> where someone has already done it for me that, yeah. that was actually sort of uh, the turning point you know not to give him too much credit but uh, I think most people started with uh, Epic Name Bro uh, doing some lore videos and I know I did with Dark Souls 1 and I thought about the lore a bit but you know not that much and at that point i was into it and playing demon souls before that i had you know barely paid attention to the lore i hadn't looked into it i didn't think you know there'd be uh, big hidden connections that you know weren't uh, aware about and eventually you know demon souls uh, lore videos came out and i'm like oh <laughs> okay there's a lot more than i suspected back in 2009 and uh but yeah, I think most people started there. Like, mm -hmm. people before that, they knew, like, the story wasn't exactly told to you, but they didn't... It, nobody expected it to go as deep as it actually can. I think. No. And I think that's that's pretty much what... That's kind of, like, the theme to all of these games for me, is I just <laughs> never expect them to go as deep as they do. <laughs> That's true, and that's that's why um, people love uh, Miyazaki. That's 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 the large part of it. Yeah. Um, well, LT man, thank you for talking to me for like the last hour and a half. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, no problem. Can you tell people that will be listening where to find you on the internet? You don't have to, but you certainly can. Uh, sure. I always want to end up becoming a popular internet man. And maybe make money. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> nah. Get some of that sweet podcast dollars that I'm not making at all. <laughs> I need I need to get into podcasts more. Uh, I need to listen to them more, especially because I haven't actually listened to any of yours yet. <laughs> no, that's okay. I don't. Hey, look, man. I time is at a premium for everybody now I don't like just because we have to know each other on the internet I, I had to tell my wife this the other day I was like she was like because I she was like I haven't listened to the latest episode of Dark Insight and I was like babe don't I mean like it's dudes talking about video games you hear this shit at the dinner table like you don't have to feel bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I mean I'd like to you know 
and it's not really a problem. I listen to enough garbage as it is, so I don't think that's gonna be that bad, you know. <laughs> I don't have worries about it. I just, you know, need to make an effort. Uh, but yeah, all it takes is effort. <laughs> yeah, if people want, you know, contact me, I guess the easiest way is uh, to Twitter. You know, the entry. Uh, and yeah, it's just uh, at LT, which is E L T E E seven eight six four one. And if for some reason you have viewers who speak French, that's also fine. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes if uh, the numbers confuse you guys out there. As always, I've been Jeremy Greer at JG Greer on Twitter, and you can find this podcast, Don't Give Up Skeleton, and others at darkinsight.net. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.